my cutie lover friends. It is Laura Patricia Martin, and I am so happy for whatever brought you, landed you here inside of Healing to Happy. This is a space where we dismantle shame, and we talk about trauma, and we talk about heartbreak and relationships, and really this becoming our own hero within that journey, and slaying the shame around topics that we often don't have. Or at least I found when I was going through my trauma journey, my heartbreaks and trauma bonding and relationship building and finding self-trust and healing body dysmorphia and eating disorders and all the things, I just didn't have the words. And I found myself tuning into podcasts and really finding a space that felt like home. And so that's what we're doing here is helping women become living sanctuaries so they feel like home to themselves and they also create safety for those around them. So if you are new to our world, hello. I am a trauma specialist. I'm a CEO, a founder, an innovator, a speaker, a teacher, bringing together women that are on this journey of self-discovery and really wanting to change the world that we live in to become more relaxed, the modern relaxed woman, the safe woman, the healed and healthy woman, the nourished woman, the emotional woman, the all of these different aspects. And so in today's episode, if you are from my world, hello, or if you're from Mashallah's world, who is a creator in her own sense, she writes books in one lifetime for children's books and then she also is a counselor and she talks to us today about so many aspects post-covid social anxiety we talked about heart math therapy we talked about creative expression for trauma and the meditation journey and past life regression for healing repeating patterns and looking at redefining what our life purpose is and the the whole context of our conversation is so so deep and so beautiful and i'm so excited to bring this to you especially those that have been maybe struggling with anxiety post-pandemic and social anxiety post-pandemic and looking for different outlets to heal those emotions that you're feeling. That's what I love about trauma work is that there are so many different capacities for healing it. So many different outlets. We just have to find which ones work for us, right? And sometimes it can be discouraging. Sometimes it could feel like, oh my goodness, I have tried, I'm doing air quotes here, everything. Maybe it's just not for me. Maybe this is something I'm just gonna have to walk with. Maybe this is something I'm just gonna have to live with. And the truth is, you're just finding out a whole bunch of different ways to lead you on the path of where you're meant to be going, to heal this, to walk with this, to move through this. And I'm so excited to bring you Mashallah today and really learn these new methods that I am amazed by. I think she's so cool. I was literally fangirling over her when I was chatting with her in my DMs. And you can go hang out with her, Mashallah.com. Brianna dot or Michelle dot Brianna. I'll put that in the show notes for you and go hang out. Go look at her Instagram page. Tune into 
what her work is, her energy healing, her humanitarian work, her public speaking, her author. Like, there's so much that she's doing that, like, to try and even put it into a bio would be nearly impossible. But we explain it all within this episode. So I'm so excited that you're here. Let us know what you think. Come hang out over on my personal page on Instagram, which is it's Laura Patricia Martin. So ITS Laura Patricia Martin or our company, our brand, our podcast page, Healing to Happy, Healing to Happy. And then go give Mishala a follow. So that's Mishala. So M-I-C-H-A-L-L-A dot Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A. And I will make sure to put that all in the show notes. And without further ado, my friends, I love you and I will see you on the other side. You are listening to the Healing to Happy podcast, a podcast where we have hard conversations that slay shame. It's about leaning into the vulnerability and reclaiming your bravery. I am Laura Patricia Martin, a trauma specialist who created this podcast to help women like you collapse the walls built up around their hearts due to the shame and trauma and life experiences, to have conversations we may be struggling to have with those around us so that we can break down the walls that are holding us back from living this bold, juicy, brave life. Here, myself, my guests, and my friends share their journeys of rebirth to help us get out of our own way, build authentic relationships and heart-centered businesses and dance proudly into our fullest expression. I believe that when we bring light to a shadow, find richness within the in-between period with women who understand us, co-regulation occurs, safety is imprinted, and we begin to set the tone for limitless potentiality. I am so honored to be here with you. So let's begin. I'm so excited. I was just saying before we jumped on this call because I was reading through everything you do and I'm like, wait, you're so cool. I'm so excited for this conversation. <laughs> I'm really excited for my community to meet you and all the kind of things that are going to come up around mental health and just all the amazing things you're doing. But before we jump in, do you want to say hi to the people and give a quick little introduction? Thank you, Laura. I'm so excited to be here, truly, truly. Um, So my name is Mashala, and my sole focus right now is as a creative writing student, a clinical mental health counseling intern with a few different types of modalities, and a business owner and children's book author, just making my way through a year of abundance. (laughs) I am upset. What led you to this soul mission around mental health, specifically children, but also just like life coaching and life purpose coaching. Like what was that beginning story like? Yeah, this is one of the questions I get asked the most, but I love it because it gives me the opportunity to define more clearly my narrative each time. And I've found a lot of strength and resilience in that. So the long story short is that I was raised in impoverished settings with a father who struggled with drug addiction and a mother who struggled with mental illness. And we grew up very gypsy-like on the road. They were professional ice skaters. So I always say for the first 10 years of my life, I really raised myself. Um, One of my dissertations in school was on the unattended child. And when I was 10, my grandparents took me in and gave me every opportunity from that moment forward. 
And that was the moment that I got to explore a lot of different creative options, whether it be modeling, writing, cheerleading, (laughs) finger painting, clay making, dance, theater, what have you. And so I originally entered my first bachelor's program in creative writing and decided to get a second bachelor's to understand myself and my past and my parents and what everyone had gone through, but also to add depth to my characters. And through doing that, I accidentally stumbled upon a second passion. So then I went and got my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And I noticed right away when I started doing my internships and practicum that are required for graduation, that there was a huge need for holistic modalities outside of medication. Now, I'm not a non-proponent for medication. I think when we're dealing with chemical instances, absolutely, if you can't function on a daily basis and need a little assistance, I'm all for it. But there were so many people who weren't looking for a Band-Aid fix whose symptoms maybe weren't as severe. So I decided to um, obtain a few other certifications and uh, manifested, people often will hear me say what I'm about to say and say, why would you manifest that? That sounds horrible. But I ended up being bedridden for three months um, due to ovarian cysts and I couldn't walk and we weren't, weren't sure what was going on at the time. So I took that opportunity to keep my mind active and I got my certifications in meditation, past life regression, hypnotherapy, life purpose coaching, and started my um, certification in expressive arts therapies. So It all kind of fell into place. The impoverished setting that I was in, the arts that I got to explore later in life, the degrees to help people, and then finding how it all fit perfectly together, which I'm sure your listeners can relate when that happens. It is such a relief and so blissful because I think so often we get into careers or jobs and we're like, this is the one, I'm so excited. And then we're let down. It's like, oh, I'm going to be on this journey of seeking forever. And I had to find out that I wasn't seeking. I was awakening and becoming into my purpose. And it all made sense. So moving forward, I am much more trusting with the universe. (laughs) Mm, It sounds like you just kind of became the artist of your life, right? Like it's you were just Mm. like making modalities of creating a new character and it's not even creating a new character. It's like remembering who you were prior to what had happened, right? Like the chaos, the the confusion, and then literally becoming the artist with, with the creativity that you bring to the world. And I honestly, I don't know much about the like heart math therapy that you talk about or the creative expression trauma. Like I can think of it in my own journey of those are outlets, but that's not my strong suit in that arena. Um, But one of my favorite things that you kind of brought forward was the journey of seeking, turning into actually awakening, which is like the remembering of the soul. And there's so many Mm -hmm. different modalities of finding that and expressing it. And so as you were going through this, I guess, first starting out, kind of talking about creativity as a way of trauma therapy. Can you walk us through the foundations of that and what that kind of means and how you help your um, clients, patients walk through this? Absolutely. So I can speak to this personally and on a business sense, on a business level, creativity for trauma therapy. Typically when I think of that, I lean towards the expressive arts 
So right now I can't quite yet say I'm an expressive arts therapist because I still need (laughs) my two years of supervision post graduation from that program, but I am still practicing therapeutic expressive arts or creative expression, if you will. And doing this for the past three years, what I have found is that creativity and art, whether that's song, dance, writing, painting, reading, uh, instruments, uh, whatever have you, it is all universal. It's the only language that everyone speaks and understands collectively across all cultures. And it goes back to the beginning of time. So it is such a primordial um, field and it is able to transcend into the subconscious because it is so deeply rooted within us and our cultures. And basically when we work with the trauma aspect, individuals who are not able to speak yet about perhaps sexual abuse or physical abuse that they've experienced or someone passing, whatever their trauma is, and it doesn't even have to be in those extreme instances, they're able to sit with a piece of paper and to just let flow. And at the end of that process that puts us almost into a meditative or childlike state, so it's very freeing, it's very playful, but can also be very meditative, we're able to process the image together. And it's not so much picking apart colors and placement and psychoanalyzing it as it is allowing the client to say what they see within the image. And oftentimes we're getting these huge and profound subconscious messages that help us to heal. That is so, and it's it's tapping into that subconscious and getting out of that self-protection mechanism, right? And mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Using it in a way that isn't so... So here's what's coming fresh is when I'm working with clients around trauma, a big thing is that word trauma. And a lot Mm -hmm. of us don't like to identify with that, even when it comes to sexual assaults or things of that nature. Like I remember looking back at my own sexual assault being like, yeah, that didn't matter. And it's like, Mm -hmm. what the heck do you mean that didn't matter? Like, Mm -hmm. of course it did, but there's this identification with it. So what it sounds like to me is when we have this creative expression there's a way of seeing it through a lens that doesn't make it so scary or quote unquote tainted as the word trauma that, you know, societal yes. norms and the stigma and all that kind of thing that, that it kind of paints as, as it is, which is really not, we, we know that, but it's just a societal norm. But what this kind of allows you to do is bring that like childish kind of like wonder to it that brings the softness so that we can actually identify like what is that deeper feeling what is that you know thing that wants to come and be expressed so that we can start to look at it and heal it yes and i love the way you said that it brings forth what needs to be expressed and it's safe right because it's between the person and what they're creating, not so much the person and the therapist. And I really just am there to act as a guide and an additional safety measure to ask the right questions. And it allows us to, to get what is in the body out into the world so that it releases almost on a quantum level, that form of healing. And it unlocks creativity. I have a lot of people who come to do creative expression, not just for the trauma, but maybe specifically because they need to rekindle some aspect that they feel is lost within their creative nature. Mm. And I think that's it. You tapped on something that I kind of want to dive even deeper into is bringing what's stored in the body into the world. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the part where that is trauma, right? Like we get so locked up in what trauma events can be. And that's not necessarily trauma, that's an event. And what trauma is, is how it gets stored in the body. And then we start with these self-protection mechanisms and these coping habits. And sometimes they're not even quote unquote bad. It could be, you know, for me, it was like, I was hypervigilant with work and I was, you know, overextending myself. And I was doing these things that are quote unquote common when it comes to building a company and doing things, but realizing and stepping back, actually, that was just like self-protection mechanisms and coping. And when you can see what, you know, that fabulous book, The Body Keeps the Score, but you can see why it's so good, what the body is keeping and allow that to come out. Cause there's so like, there's so many different ways of doing this, whether it's, you know, talk therapy, whether it's and in talk therapy to a degree, but there's a way that we need to release that trapped emotion that was halted in the traumatic experience, whether mm-hmm. it's creative just to identify it, whether it's, you know, semantics, shaking it out, whether it's, I don't know, like there's so many different ways, womb healing, like whatever you identify with, there's so many different creative outlets that each person can start to identify with. And I love that this is the one, like I haven't had this conversation before and it's absolutely like making me so excited. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And I, something that you touched on when you were talking about the ovarian cyst of just like manifesting our lessons, right? So all of the things that you learned in your healing practice to heal, you know, from the earlier chaos of your life, like, I don't, I mean, I feel like you probably do believe this, but I truly believe that the things that come into our life were always meant for us. Like we chose it to have a lesson so that we can then transmute it into something. But sometimes we get trapped in that. And then our mm-hmm. body, we start to choose things that align to that. So do you see that as part of something in your journey and with your clients as well, where it's like when we can actually switch and reframe what these events and what these habits and what these self-coping mechanisms truly mean, it actually starts to awaken and open up our nervous system and open up our manifestations to where we were actually always meant to be going. Absolutely. I think though, that is unfortunately one of the hardest things Mm -hmm. that we see people struggling with because I talk about this a lot, right? Life is so much about perception. Perception Mm -hmm. is how we define everything that's happened to us and our belief systems. So we have to have the desire first to want to reframe, to want to step away from being comfortable with our discomfort and to challenge ourselves to actually move forward and to actually take those steps. I've been saying a lot to my clients, you know, application without belief is just action. It's not actually forward progress because you can read all of the self-help books and everything that you need to do to get out of A, B, or C. But at the end of the day, if you're not applying it, and there's no belief behind that to push it forward. It's just the action of application. It's not the actual forward progress. So I think that that desire has to be there. But when it does switch, absolutely right. There is a whole world of self to be discovered. I think that's a continual process, but certainly it awakens us more clearly and allows us to find what our purpose is because we're no longer afraid of seeking it out because the fear of failure and success has dissipated. Mm. And I think that can go hand in hand with what we're seeing now in the rise of anxiety Mm. with 
in the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's just been on the rise. Like it just quantum leaped inside of the pandemic, but it's always been on the rise with social media and the more pressures that we have and the societal norms and the way things are, but it's just like quantum leaped over the last two years. So what are you seeing with your clients and your studies and with the youth and with the adults? Like how is the mental health pandemic yeah. <laughs> there was a huge 2019, which is funny because that's when I started my practicum and internship, um, was around that 20, 2019, 2020 timeframe. So I started online. I was one of those, uh, that got used to that first. And what I have seen from adults and from youth is that social anxiety has spiked And it's all focused around the time that people had to go back to school or back to work. We almost got very quickly conditioned, only in my opinion, and this is very limited research, right, from my perspective and bias here, but we got so conditioned being at home, being comfortable, you know, doing our work meetings and our pajamas and having our whole family and all of our needs right around us. And we felt very safe when the world felt very scary. So that safety and security was tripled. And then we went back into work and back into schools. And we were so used for those two or three years to being, I think, more our authentic selves 24-7. There was no switch as there usually is where we wear a different mask for our teachers, for our employees or our bosses or our friends. We just essentially wore the same mask within the environment we were comfortable in. So what I'm seeing is that, especially with youth, because they're still making their masks and forming their sense of self, when they went back to school, All of a sudden, they went back to not being able to express their authentic beings. And when that happened and the repression of those authentic emotions happened, the anxiety increased because the emotion was trapped within. Um, On a different note, I think plain and simple, social anxiety went up, period, because we were so used to not being around anyone. And again, even when we went back out, the world was still an uncertain place. So I think a lot of people went through a lot of deep trauma, unfortunately, a lot of deep healing. We think of how many people we lost um, as well. So it's just a, a grieving point for the whole earth at the same time. Wow. I haven't even thought of that perspective. And I don't know why, like I'm having a light bulb moment right now. Just like, of course. Of course Mm -hmm. there is like, for me, I perceived it as like, we just aren't used to people again, but we're not used to not being ourselves around people, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's like the biggest act of rebellion is to be oneself at the sake of belonging. But when we are in our little comfort bubble, being bubble boys and bubble girls, like we get to be our true self and then we're pushed back into society and society is different like it it just switched so quick for all of us you know and then you're pushed back into that and you're like now who am I and who do I want Mm -hmm. to be especially for the younger generation because they don't even know that yet you know and it's like everything we're learning is from TikTok and then it's Mm -hmm. highlight reels and it's how things are supposed to be and we're growing up a little too quick and having these like really bold conversations bypassing some really 
important years in development and social cues and growth and things of that nature. And you're just pushed in to be like, this is actually how we have to act. And they're like, I'm confused. Like, <laughs> absolutely. No, I think that's exactly right. And we, I love what you said, you know, we got so used to being ourselves right in the space. And then we had to not be ourselves, but I think too, there was a challenge there because we were accepted as ourselves while we were at home, even through our work meetings and our school places, right? Kids were showing up in pajamas, their rooms and everything they liked that maybe they thought they would have been made fun for was in the background. We were very exposed. And so I think we got comfortable being accepted. And then for some reason, we go back out into society and it challenges everything again and all over. And we have to kind of relearn and exactly what you said now, who am I? And trying to think about that. And I love what you mentioned about TikTok because I think it is such a beautiful place for individuals to share their stories, but it can also be a dangerous place. I don't know if you'll agree because I have a lot of clients who take an individual story as a way to diagnose themselves and to create an assumption into a fact. So I think it's such a great place to share um, and experience and have that community of I'm not alone, but it can also be that place of um, kind of assuming that one way is the way for all. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent. And it then gets into this space where because of the pandemic, a lot of us aren't distracted anymore. So we're doing this self-inquiry. Who am mm -hmm. I? What, what am I showing up in the world? Now that I no longer have my distractions, this is why we saw the rise in you know, alcohol delivery and things of this nature because people don't know how to actually sit with the fact that we are flawed human beings at times. And we also can fix that. Like we get to recalibrate our nervous system and shift these kind of distraction, distractions and self-protection. And then you're sitting there and it's like, can I search for answers? But we're looking at one individual thing from social media as a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And then we're claiming ourselves to have that identity. And now everyone else is wrong. And now I'm like, I've seen a rise in like victim mode mentality where it's like, I am now mm -hmm. this. And now I get this excuse to be like mm -hmm. this and act like this. And it's like, especially when relationship stuff, like I am codependent in this way. You are a narcissist. I am the queen. Like <laughs> so many conversations around that. And I'm like, no, that's not how that works. Like, yes, it's great to be passionately curious about your own life and to learn about these things, but it does not mean it's a diagnosis. It does not mean because you watch something on social media that you now, I click, like, do you see this a lot where people just like, I mean, we live in a very pathological world. We want to just identify with something because we don't feel like yes. we belong. So it's like, where can I belong? And it's like, so I didn't live in the States for six years and I came back. So I didn't, I, I grew up, I don't watch TV much anyways, but when I'll be in a nail salon getting my nails done, obviously there's commercials playing. And it's just now all of this very antidepressants, anti-anxieties, like all these kind of things where it's like, oh yeah, like I could identify with all of that. And it's like, no, like don't play tricks on my brain this way. Like, what do you mean? And like, just not used to how forward this is where it's like, let me try and find a place for you to belong. So therefore you feel this way, but then you're also kind of using it as 
a mask and now it's this identifier kind of scarlet letter on you, you know? And I love the way you said that. That's such an interesting take. And I chuckled a little bit in the beginning because codependent narcissism and attachment are the words that I hear most commonly tossed around, especially Mm -hmm. when we are projecting assumptions onto other people that those are the most common, like, oh, he must be bipolar. He must be, or she must be a narcissist or have this attachment or codependency. And what you said about identity, right? We're seeking an identity, but do we feel like we're eager to be ill Mm -hmm. at the same time, right? I feel like we have to be careful there because we have these diagnosis out diagnoses out there and we have the methods and the tools to move through most of them and if we are seeking to heal right and embrace who we are that's fantastic but i think too it's a good to check in with the self to note are we eager to heal or are we eager to be ill because both of those get us recognition both of those Um, allow for attention. And one is through that self-pity and like you said, victim mentality path and the others through the empowering and enlightened path. And more often than not, we will take the eager to be ill path because I always tell my clients this too. It's so much easier to get out of bed and do the same thing you've done every single day. Even if it's feel anxious or feel depressed, you can move through it mechanically. It's easy. It's comfortable because you know exactly what's going to happen and exactly how it's going to feel. So you can just go through the motions, even though you're suffering. It is so much more difficult to get up and choose that healing path and to want to change and put in the effort. It's daunting. It's a task at first. So I absolutely think that we are looking to belong and looking for identity. And I think it's also important to note when it's to fit into the illness and when it's to fit into the healing and why we're taking those paths. It's that self-inquiry, right? Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where is this, is this keeping me comfortable and safe based on old patterning or is this aligning me to where I ultimately want to feel free and a new paradigm of safety and walking with that. So someone that is in that position where it's like, I know, and, and I can remember this. I can remember like at 23-ish years old being like, I have this vision for my life, but I cannot self stop self-sabotaging, right? Like, mm, I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't, or like, I'll do something. I'll be like, I get hyped by Tony Robbins for like a week. And then all of a sudden I'm back to like partying my face off being like, what the heck is wrong with me? What do you recommend like what ways of forming new patterns belief systems do you walk your clients through so for me I use a lot of I call them onions (laughs) it's not an original (laughs) idea where first we look at what's the pattern that you want to break and then what's its origin so we start at the top of the onion and I'll have clients draw a big circle and they'll title it um, whatever pattern it is that they want to break and then around the outside of each layer of the onion they will write where that's stemming from at a deeper and deeper level until we get to the core belief. 
So I'm going to try to think of an example. So many are swimming through my head, (laughs) but let's say that somebody wants to break the habit of eating when they're bored. And on that top level, we have boredom. And on the next level, we have wanting to fill a space that feels empty on the, maybe like a spiritual or metaphorical sense. And then one level down, we have our parents taught us that we weren't worthy or made us feel that we weren't worthy, I should say, because I hope no parents are teaching that (laughs) maybe (laughs) subconsciously. And then a layer down from that, the core belief is I am unloved or I'm not worthy of love. And so we're filling that with food. So we name the pattern, we break it all the way down to its core source. And then I move into more of the science realm. I'm big on that right now. There's a video on YouTube. A lot of people have seen it. I'm sure it's on TikTok as well, where there's a recording of a brain where it's forming a connection or forming a thought. And you see the two little tendrils reaching out for one another and connecting and thickening. And I don't know enough about it yet to go too deep into it, but I do know that the more we do something and form a habit, the thicker that becomes and that it is possible to have them shrivel up and kind of die out as well. And so I look at it from this perspective of what negative thoughts are you strengthening and how can you replace those with negative thoughts? So then it becomes about awareness. Well, all day long, I'm telling myself I'm not loved. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. That person would never want me. My husband or wife rejected me again. Um, man, my friend hasn't called in a few days. They must hate me. You know, we're telling ourselves these stories and then we're filling that hole with food to tie it back in. So then it becomes, okay, I have the awareness. I have the root of where it's coming from. I have the core belief. Now let me start to replace those negative thoughts. Even if you have to fake it till you make it with positive ones. I'm thankful for my house to have fresh food for my pets for self-love that I have enough money to survive, whatever it is, big or small. And then we so often find that we are less triggered towards negative thinking and more empowered in the positive direction. Mm. <clears throat> and I think that that example is very spot on because that's a big one. A lot of us struggle with and really is just kind of noticing I mean, that's your reticulated activating system, right? Like, what do we see? What do we bring in based on our belief systems? And how do we start to Mm -hmm. strengthen that? Because a lot of us are like, well, this is just the way I am. And it's like, well, your nervous system, your beliefs, your habit, your subconscious, yes. And it's like plastic. It'll stay that way unless you apply heat. Exactly. And it starts to mold and shift and change. And it takes intentional work. And like, what I want people to get from what you said is like, it's not just one onion that you do one time. And then therefore now you Mm -hmm. never have that habit come up. Like this is a (laughs) continuous thing that you will revisit over and over again. And yes, triggers become less of a thing. And eventually you do, like, if you continue at it, like, and I'm sure you see this with your clients, like you get to a point in your healing where you forget your body was even part of the war. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, you even really think about it's just you're intuitively tapped into what your hunger cues are, what your triggers are, what environments you like, what your pleasure portals are. Like it just becomes so natural, but it, it it takes intentional time to get there. And it's, it's, it's an onion to get there as well. It's like you'll find one thing and another thing and another thing. And you're like, Oh, like I actually enjoy these things, especially moving away from, you know, trauma responses and things of that nature that have kept you safe for so long free figuring out like 
who am I? What am I awakening to? Who am I remembering? Like what actually does bring me joy and pleasure and things of that nature helps to strengthen those new synapses in your brain and bring make them stronger because it's reinviting what pleasure means, which is the thing that when we're struggling with mental health issues or overcoming trauma, it's like a foreign concept, what pleasure mm-hmm. is and what we like and how to navigate that. I love that though. It's kind of just breaking yeah. down the habit and refiring and wiring the brain. Exactly right. Exactly. I love that refiring and rewiring. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I find too, like 90% of the beliefs that individuals bring in are beliefs that they collected and picked up. It's not even their core beliefs. It's from mom and dad or culture or from friends or society. And we whittle it down, right? So that they can let go of other people's beliefs and form their own. But two, I don't know if you found this maybe 25% will pause or walk away at that point where they figured everything out, but now something has to be done about it Mm. and come back around, right? When they're ready and they have the desire. So I say that not in a negative way, but that it's important to make sure that the soul's ready for that leap in the right time and space and for clients not to be hard on themselves or for humans and people not to be hard on themselves when they reach that point where they have to start applying and just aren't ready for it. Yeah. I mean, I remember that in my journey when I was Mm -hmm. healing all my health stuff and running this IBS anxiety company being like, why? And I was like crying in my naturopath's office being like, what the heck? Why can't I can help hundreds of people and I can't (laughs) help myself. What the heck? She's like, well, do you want to talk about how your trauma is related to all of this? And I was like, no. And I like didn't revisit <laughs> it again for another year, year and a half yeah. because it's okay to not be ready. Like I was one of those people where I was like, eh, I can study this, like no one's business. I can regurgitate information, but embodying it, I'm not too sure because that seems so, and this is what I found with a lot of like traditional talk therapy. Granted, I love it. I think it has its time and its place. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing, but I also found I would be leaving therapy in a triggered state. Cause now I'm aware mm-hmm. of the origin, but now what, you know, I'm like, so now exactly. I'm just like pissed at my parents and mad at my ex, like fantastic. <laughs> now what do I do? You know? And so it's, it's finding that healing. And I love how you brought it to this in the beginning of our conversation as a holistic practice. Like it's not just, we go to therapy, we talk about our trauma and we're good. It, it's so much more of like, how do we take this journey into our life? How do we go through these? How you even mentioned it's like past life regression and life purpose coaching and these different modalities, because there's so many outlets we can start to carry this into so that we do bring safety into whatever that means. And that onion's going to continually get peeled at new layers. You know, when you jump into new chapters of your life and new experiences and new uh, relationships, you're going to see parts of that coming out. And that's why it's kind of being carried through to a holistic practice mm-hmm. to bring in the safety. Absolutely. Reconnecting that mind and body and soul. I love that. Um, so talk to me about the books. Like, like <laughs> I am like scrolling through your website previously. And I'm like, these are so fun. I'm obsessed with books and the game map. Like what sparked that idea? What brought that into fruition? I'm obsessed with it. So <laughs> thank you. This is a whole different topic, but at the same time, there's a bridge here between what we were just discussing. So my 
soul's purpose is writing, right? So I have my, my meaning in life and purpose in life and what gives it is helping others through the holistic modalities. But there's this whole other facet, which is in the writing. And I wrote my first book when I was 15 called Harold the Duck Learns to Fly. Mm-hmm. And I was on my way to All Children's Hospital to be fit for a brace because I had found out that I had scoliosis. What a beautiful time in high school to find this out. And I was very anxious. So I took pen and paper and I had previously only done poetry. And I wrote a rhyming story about Harold the Duck (laughs) on the way there. And it was a way for me to check out and check in essentially. And my grandmother, who has always believed in every single dream I've had, whether it's succeeded or failed, helped me to self-publish that. And I do have plans in the future to professionally publish Manifesting, Mm -hmm. my young adult middle grade fiction, my self-help, hopefully uh, some film or TV type screenwriting, and um, children's books, some more children's books as well. But for now, I'm very much the why wait (laughs) kind of individual. So over the last, I would say five years, I ended up publishing five more. I have another one coming out hopefully November this year. And the focus became on how can I develop books for youth that are encouraging and motivational, maybe sometimes educational and inspiring and uplifting, but still fun and silly? Um, because back when I was 15, you know, even though that was only, I don't know, over a decade ago, there wasn't a lot of that. I feel like it's a budding field. Maybe there were, but it wasn't as accepted. And so I felt that there was a need for it in that time. Now, obviously it is way more accepted and we see a lot of TV shows and books and all sorts of things on these aspects. Um, So I created the website, the Berry Patch or Berry Patch Books. Berry spelled B-A-R-R-I-E for J.M. Berry, the author of Peter Pan and Patch after Patch Adams. And they just clicked right? Both individuals having worked with uh, children or inspired youth or helped youth and um, done the authorship side. And I was like, oh, very patch. That works both ways. <laughs> so the spelling's a little bit different, but the meaning is there. And the gaming application came about because Lily the Kitten's Day of Play, I thought this would be a great seek and find. So I worked with interns, graphic designers, and game designers to create Lily's Adventure, which is a seek and find that includes educational bits and pieces and tidbits and helps with reading and writing and those types of skills. And hopefully it's also fun and a little bit challenging for kids as well. I'm like I said in the beginning, you're so cool. <laughs> so, so holistic. It's so multifaceted, right? Like they, to me, they go together because I think as kids, if we have something that we can identify with and we're motivated for, if we have a purpose, it yeah. helps heal us, right? Like mm. I truly believe the reason 
that people get into addictions and things of that nature is like we just lost a purpose somewhere along the line and we have to realign with that. And so if we can start that from an early age, even if we're not sitting here as four-year-olds, like talking about our trauma, because we don't know what that means, but we're finding some way of self-expression and self-understanding. I see so much how they blend together, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And one of my favorites, a personal favorite is the tree of dreams. And that was so much about encouraging the idea that you can be more than one thing. Mm -hmm. And I list things like nanny, babysitter, president, politician, firefighter, artist, balloonist, you know, there's, there's no, excuse me, there's no limitation. There's no bias. Um, It's what makes you happy and that you don't have to pick one. And I've always been a huge proponent because I've lived it of anything is possible. And we can live out each of those purposes, even if they're just for the experience. And there's no guilt in that. I think we have so much guilt around exploring things that don't work out, but there's so much healing and growth if we, if we walk those paths. Yeah. And it's, it's also looking at one. I love this tree of dreams. Cause it's, it's that, whatever that quote is, where it's like, if you judge a fish by its inability to climb a tree, it will forever think it's stupid, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's so much what we see now because it's like, oh, you have to fit this one box. But if you want to step outside that box, you better succeed at whatever it is where it's like, is it really a failure? If you learn something about yourself, is it really a failure? If it, if it goes back to exactly what we talked about, we manifest our lessons. Is that really, is that really a failure? If you're learning, oh my goodness, all of these pieces that, I mean, I look at my life doing that as well, where it's like, I have the creative writing, I have the psychology, I have the nutrition, I have all the big T trauma. I have all these like trauma counseling. Like, I'm like, oh, none of it made sense while I was doing it. I was just kind of picking (laughs) what lit me up. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, it's like, oh yeah, I got it. Cool. That's me. And I'm sure I'm going (laughs) to think the same thing when I'm 40 and 80, like it's going to be a continuation of that journey. And so I think learning that early on, it's giving yourself a permission slip, you know, and going back to why people have social anxiety, because we feel like we don't belong and we have all these, you know, comparison concepts that we get trapped inside of where it's like if you just identified as being a multi-passionate human being Mm, I love that multi-passionate yeah like how would you walk through life being like I'm just multi-passionate and I have all of these different things and it's like fantastic we love that and especially you see that in business so they're like niche down and you're like I actually have thousands of ideas I'm not doing that thank you (laughs) we're good we pass Yeah, we fall into the society pressure and the matrix of maybe what's easy and we fall into the excuses and the fear, Mm -hmm. I think, often, and we just keep going, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, but it's breaking through is completely possible. That's one of my favorite things to do when I see clients for the life purpose coaching is to help them find what inspires them and then to not be afraid to take the chances and go after it. And I think a lot of people think they have to drop everything and go on this whole new epic adventure where they're going to lose money possibly in time and, or their families. Even I have people say that, but you can have your ducks lined up and keep your job and still chase your hobbies and your passions and see what they turn into. You know, there's a way to do it safely and still take a slight risk in order to succeed or to learn. Exactly. It's just putting two feet in on that and, and 
aligning with people that can show you how to do that, right? Like you don't have to burn it all to the ground and be like, okay, it's like, no, we, and I wouldn't recommend that either. That's not good for your nervous system. You're not going to manifest the things that you want. You're going to just do it out of a place of lack anyways. Like yes. coming from a space of abundance and safety is actually how you call in that next level vision, the clients, the, you know, the pivots, the opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. Manifesting is easier when we're in that um, abundance mindset, like you just said, versus the fear mindset the opposite then exactly well my love this was event I can't even believe we've already coming up on almost an hour here but <laughs> I have enjoyed this thoroughly you are a wizard of information I am just so I have so, <laughs> many, notes. I have so many notes right here on my um notepad over here um but thank you so much where can my community connect with you learn from you grow with you support you all the kind of good mm, thank you um, and I love the wizard of information that just <laughs> makes me smile. <laughs> That's great. I haven't heard that. If people are interested in the books, they can go to www.berrypatchbooks.com spelled B-A-R-R-I-E-P-A-T-C-H. And if they are interested in the gaming application right now, it's for Android devices under Lily's Adventure, Barry Patch is the creator. And if they're interested in any holistic services, life coaching, business development, and what have you, they can go to www.thehealingarts.life. I love that. And I will have that all in the show notes so everyone can come hang out and connect with you and inquire more about all of these things. The multi-passionate, we love it. Thank you so much. I also have, and I always forget to mention it, a course on Udemy and Teachable that's called Transformation Through Meditation and Expressive Arts, if anyone is interested in dabbling. Fabulous. I will put that in there as well. Well, thank you, my dear. I'm thank you so much for having me on. Of course. My loves. <sighs> I'm so happy that you are here, and I hope you got some value out of this, and go check her out check out what she's having on offer her books her space her wisdom all the good things i'll make sure to put michelle's information in the show notes and let us know your reflections over on our healing to happy instagram or my personal one which is it's laura patricia martin and if you are feeling the pull to take this a step further to dive into learning about yourself and your self-awareness and the way that your body is regulated and really taking your comfort and becoming a living sanctuary into your own hands, we have our summer bundle on offer right now. So you can get Becoming That Bitch, you can get Unattached and Sacred Singlehood for the price of one. So if you're looking to jump into some programs around attachment styles, self-confidence, self-regulation, really claiming your independence and really becoming the safest place for yourself and others to land, this is where you're going to want to dive into. I'm going to make sure to put that link in the show notes there. Otherwise, I will see you in our next episode. I love you and happy healings, my friends. Mm-hmm.